Chillax, man. Jack, relax. Get busy with the front. Um, All right. Uh, well, I'm recording. This is a weird episode because it's not going to be a kind of my thing, so I guess... Uh, it kind of is. I mean... It's my thing. It's your thing. It's it's everybody in our group of friends thing. We a all, lot of people's thing. I guess uh, so... Any middle-aged dad thing. So what's our thing? Rush. Rush. The band Rush. It's kind of my it's thing. It's kind of my thing. It's kind of my thing. Welcome to Kind of My Thing. It's the Obsession Confession Podcast, where we talk with people about the things that are kind of their thing. I'm one of your hosts, Adam. This is Justin, a.k.a. Mario, a.k.a. Closeted Dad, who's a Rush fan, I guess. <laughs> I just said, I'm not a dad, but I said dad because most Rush fans are... I just think of someone like your dad. They're typically elderly, adult white males. Pork duds, mm-hmm. as we call them. Yeah, guys who don't have time for laces in their shoes. It's more efficient. Yeah, leather holsters for your phone. <laughs> yeah. The and with us is... Uh, it's Jake, uh, owner of one pair of jean shorts and two fanny packs. All right. That's that's a typical Rush fan right yeah, there. You're on, you're on the right track for Rush, sure. You just need to, to go with that second fanny pack, a pair of cargo shorts, and then Ooh, you're probably set. I had to get rid of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Holes in pockets. So we're going to talk about Rush. It's kind of just, uh, at some point or another, we would have gotten to it. I mean, Rush is my favorite band and has been for a long time. They are always, you know, I might not be listening to them a lot at whatever point in you my life. You always go through phases in music. But you go, but it's always, I always end up going back to, you just, I get reminded why they're my favorite band every once in a while. You're like, oh yeah, these guys make me so happy. But we're talking, obviously, we're recording this on, uh, what's the date today? The 11th or something? 12th. 12th? one twelve. yeah. So uh, yeah, January twelfth. Uh, it's re- it's the news broke a couple days ago that uh, Rush's drummer, Neil, is it is it Pert or Peart? Peart. Peart. It's Peart. It's supposed to be Peart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be Peart. Good old Neil, the uh, the professor. He passed away. I guess had uh, what do you have, brain cancer brain for a cancer. long time. Didn't tell anybody. Kept had it for three years. Big fat fucking secret for. He's always been a private person though. Like you ever see. Whenever they, oh, Rush is here at doing interviews. Very rarely is he ever out with, you know, Alex and Getty. Well, Getty a whole and, song about that. Yeah. That's the lyrics to Limelight. Yeah. Probably their... Can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. Yeah. 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 Like, he never did meet and greets or anything like that. And, like, yeah. isn't that part of that documentary? Yeah, I just tell you, he's like, it's nothing personal. It just weirds me out, you know. I like to be, you know, renowned and respected as a, an artist and a musician, but I don't feel like... You know, personally, personal life, I owe anyone anything other than, you know, what I do. You know, if you enjoy my music, that's great. But, but yeah. I mean, I can respect that. And like, <laughs> yeah. Well, keep going. We just, uh, instead of a dog this time around, we got cats interrupting the show. Who's interrupting? Magneto. Magneto. What's up, bud? <laughs> that's okay. okay. That's whatever. Kill the humans. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. <laughs> So yeah, like I, but I could appreciate you know you. There's something to be said about a band that I'm trying to like Bob Dylan. 
for example, like he's been on a never-ending tour since like early '80s, and I'm pretty sure if he ever stops touring, he's gonna die, and that's why it's keeping him alive. But like you know, a band like Rush, I mean, they toured a lot, but the fact that they could say, "Okay, we're done, we're going out in the sunset." We don't have anything else well, to thing. do or say. And it's like, there's something to be appreciated about that, too. I want to say, I mean, I don't know the guys personally. But, I mean, I would I would say just based on stuff I've seen in interviews and stuff like that, and just kind of the way the band kind of, if you look at their history, the way they transformed, Rush's identity was largely Neil's identity. Like, he kind of... Because Getty and Alex were just kind of doing like, yeah, we're going to be Canadian Zeppelin. And yeah. that's fine. They just wanted to be rock musicians and they just wanted to get on stage and play. The, and then Neil shows up and is like, no, fuck this. We have an ethos. We're going to be weird. We're going to be do. We're going to do shit. Our, yeah, we're going to do. Our, yeah. We're going to have weird mustaches and we're going to like. And then we're going to record fucking whole album side epics that talk about weird fantasy shit that no one likes except like Tolkien nerds and shit like that. And I'm going to throw crazy drum fills in every single one of them. And it's like, I feel like that there was a, a definite switch. You go from their first, their debut album, their self I mean, lyrically, the, I mean, the biggest, like, Working Man was about it, you know, in the mood. Yeah. And they're all just, yeah, rock and roll, like, fucking bad company or something, you know, yeah. where it's... Canadian Zeppelin. Simple. We're yeah. just going to... I mean, not even, not even the level of Zeppelin, because even well, Zeppelin, Zeppelin did little... fucking Tolkien shit. And, yeah. You know, lyrically, they were more... Because I think Getty did the lyrics before Neil came around in yeah. the first album, right? It was typical, like, I want to fuck, I want to drink beer, rock and roll sort of shit. Yeah. Friends to the end. Yeah. You know. So, uh, yeah, really, like, aside from, I might have to feed that thing. That's fine. I'll <laughs> give it some food so it'll shut up. But while he's taking off the... Jake, you were the reason they even knew about it. You sent that text. Like it's gonna be one of it's gonna be like the Kennedy assassination or nine eleven. At least for me, as a as a Rush fan, my whole life, I will remember. I was on my way home from work. Jesus Christ, those cats love getting fed. That would, that <laughs> would not have any back wheels. <laughs> but uh, I will... yeah, it was it was a sh- I was just like scrolling through the internet, searching things, and I just just saw the that entire thing. Just like. I don't share a lot of that kind of shit because I don't no. care, but that's something where I was like, oh, man. Yeah. I, I was at work, and I just changed the music to Rush, and I couldn't stop listening for the rest of the day and felt I was sorrow. on the corner of Center and Juliet, about to turn, and I remember I just got the vibration sitting on my lap or whatever. Gave it's a not quick a good gl- vibration. Yeah, I gave a quick, a quick glance, and it's one of those, I'm not going to forget that because it's like, I'm sure when Getty and Alex go, too, I'll have similar reactions, but... Um, yeah, it was, it was shitty news, and I had to, like, confirm it once I got mm-hmm. home, like, is somebody pulling my leg here, or... Right. But, uh, yeah, got and then, cause it, I had to look, too, because I had just saw it once, and usually when something like that happens, it's everywhere, but this yeah. time I just saw it, like, from, like, a Vice article or something like that, and I had to search other things. Well, it turned out the news, did, it broke, like, he had died, like... Two, days two or prior. three days prior, yeah. Like, nobody even knew about it. He mm-hmm. had already been dead for a few days. Like, it wasn't... Well, one person knew about it. Tyler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he even knew about it, but he he, he just was like, oh, it happened a couple days ago. I yeah. think he was just he pointing died. that out. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, so, yeah, that's fucking... That's shitty. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, this isn't... I don't want this to be Debbie Downer. Well, it sucks. We lost... One of those... The true giants in rock and roll. All right, I'm yeah. back. Um, when, when, sorry, side note, when Rachel's home during the day, 
the cats expect uh, a noon meal, and so the little the little white one gets bratty about that. He has a, that like exorcist meow, so that should quell them for now. Um, so, I, I mean, I could talk for days about Rush. Um, I will say, you said your favorite band. Yeah. I will disclose second favorite band. I I think if I had to pick, I would take Genesis, but. Um, but I mean, that could, depending on the day, could be arguable as well. Um, but like, th- I remember you and I were watching some, I don't even remember the movie. It was like, it was some dumb fucking shitbox, like comedy. But I remember the, there was a scene, like these dudes were riding in a van. He's like, you got any tunes? And oh, yeah, yeah. All these, it was all Rush tapes. He goes, Rush, how about some variety? And the guy says, Rush is variety. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, we laughed because it was definitely true. Like they've yeah. gone through so many yeah. syntheses. Well, yeah, they've just sort of well, evolved. Every album's a different album. Yeah. yeah, they evolved. They started out, they were Canadian Zeppelin. I mean, yeah, even their up. even their second album was, it was a, uh, they were started dipping their toe into the proggy stuff on Fly By Night. And, and then By Tour and the Snow Dog yeah. really was the big one. Caress of Steel comes around, that was a, there was the radical shift. Now there's, you know, the whole like Necromancer, Fountain of Lamneth sort of giant epic prog. Out of all their songs. epics, I think Fountain of Lamneth is my favorite. It's, like, yeah. That one... It's got a lot of cool movements. It, it it gets weird for the sake of being weird, like when they just have like the drum solo and it's like, stop, listen, yeah, and shit. But like I, I think musically that album almost that... sunk them though too. I mean, you watch any documentary or interview with them, like that album was like that almost killed them because they were originally like they sold themselves to a record company as like the next Zeppelin, and mm-hmm. so that's what their record company was expecting. And then when they all of a sudden this guy with a weird mustache and like a mullet joins the band and he can shred on the drums, Neil. And mm-hmm. then now they're producing, you know, they're writing 12, 15 minute long songs where they're talking about elves dancing in wood, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's like, this is not what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. We thought you guys this, yeah, were going to be. Yeah, this record contract was meant for Canadian we thought, rock and roll. We thought we were just going to have a bunch of Canadians fucking their instruments on stage in front of, you know, <laughs> like that's what, not a bunch of guys in kimonos. But then they did, like, I guess the fuck the man sort of mentality that came through. They talked about when, when 2112 happened. That was, like, their last album on their deal. And, like, there was a... Rather than sort of bending the knee and saying, like, all right, let's make another Canadian mm-hmm. Zeppelin album and make them happy, they said, fuck it. And then they We're going to go over the top. We're going to go even harder in that direction mm-hmm. and make a whole album side epic, you know. It always and, amazes me, too, when those kinds of things get... Because, I mean, that album did have a couple, like... I mean, you could say, you know, Passage to Bangkok could be considered, like, a, a single song. Well, yeah, Side B had yeah, yeah but like, regular they, tracks. Yeah, they... And it's interesting, too, because I watched, you know, their other... Another band that, I mean, got a lot of influence from Rush, Dream Theater. Oh, yeah. But they were kind of the same way. They had, like, four albums. They started kind of 80s proggy, and then, you know, they were pushed in another direction. And then they had arguably their best album, Scenes from a Memory, which is... A two disc, I think it's two disc concept album, but and they just like went over the top with the progginess and they said, "Yo, yeah, we just took direction from Rush. You know, we needed to make our twenty one twelve And it's like after that, when you do that and you have a, a record that's that weird and over the top or proggy, unaccessible to the the masses, and you can still sell it and make it a hit, people leave you the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like it opens the floodgate a little bit. And then it's just like, well, now nobody will tell you what to do because the thing that, against the odds, you made something that people like. So, 
But yeah, that's that was kind of their. I mean, yeah, but getting back to what we we're saying, the all rush rush is variety. Like, yeah, you went through that phase. They got their super proggy kimono phase, like twenty one twelve to like, all the kings. The kings. To they were still kind of doing that. Was probably the pinnacle of that. Hemispheres is where they were just getting way up their own asses with like, how hard can we make these songs? <laughs> like, how how difficult can we make these songs to play? And Eventually, they just became entire record fun. is four songs. Yeah, entire <laughs> record being four songs, and they're all like, and four songs with, you know, each song having sixteen different time signatures in it, and like, mm-hmm. each member of the band has three solos per song, you know, or something. Yeah. With All a the different while. Instru- instrument for each one. Too. Yeah, like, yeah, and they started, in, but it was around then they started incorporating synths. Like hemispheres, I think, is when the synths kind of, in a very mm. subdued sort of, maybe farewell to kings. Farewell to kings, like Xanadu. I mean, obviously, twenty one twelve, you get the, you know, you get those there was crazy some synth in, in. I know Xanadu for sure. Yeah, Xanadu. That was and... on farewell to kings. So, yeah, around there they. I mean, that was kind of when the technology came around. and I feel like Hemispheres, they started getting a more push towards, you know, like Ged started playing around with them a little bit I mean, more. They were, they, that, they were listening to the police a lot, I think I read. And so they kind yeah, of were starting to get that. You hear that a lot in Permanent Waves. They yep. settle down on Permanent Waves and they like start making some more radio-friendly songs that... By radio friendly, it's like by no means is it like pop songs. They just now they're only radio and free will. You can play on the radio and yeah. Now they're only take out twenty minutes. They're only five six minutes long instead of fourteen minutes long Mm -hmm. now. So yeah, it's like still complex as all hell. I mean, Spirit of Radio has a just a reggae just break in it in the middle of the song. There's just reggae. You can tell the police influence. There's Mm -hmm. there's a few songs on on records. Uh, like Vital Signs on the next record on Moving yep. Pictures is super, it's just a reggae song. And then and you got Signals, same way. Got, I think, uh, what's the one? Da, da, da. Digital Man, I think. Digital Man, like yeah. To free myself in yeah, they, they just had like, yeah. And you could tell there was some serious police influences. Like, And then they get kind of new wavy after Signals. That's when the synths start sort of taking over. And I feel after, like the, the, new, the most new wavy one is probably actually Signals. After that, Maybe Grace Under Pressure, but that was a, like, I, I think a Grace Under Pressure is, like, just a really dark album. Like, it just all, like, the, there's a lot of Cold War, there's a Holocaust song, a lot of just, like... There's a lot going on during that time. But yeah, was, like, all the like, tumultuous shit going on in the 80s was all, like... Peak 80s, Reagan, all that sort of yeah. shit was going on, and, was yeah. More polit and I think out of all the synth albums, I think Power Windows is the one I listen to the most. It's the best one. Out of it's the got synth the most, heavy. Yeah. I think that one's just, it's just a fun album. But that's I, their synth area. You get into like, yeah, the mid 80s and then they're like, they're leaning heavy on synth sounds and they, they've completely transformed. They, they went from, you know, just Canadian Zeppelin to more of a just prog rock. The, you know, think of your stereotypical prog rock band. They were, they pretty much created the idea of guys with weird mustaches and kimonos. They weren't a synth, they were a heavier prog band. Like you can relate them to something like a, you know, like a Yes or a King Crimson. Yeah. But like, or Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. But they were all very keyboard heavy in the 70s, and they didn't really have any... Yeah, and then they transformed into that once sort of the new wave thing was hitting and keyboards and synths and all that stuff became more mainstream and the technology sort of was less... I imagine it was probably just one of those things like the barrier to entry. Like, if you wanted to do synths in the 70s and shit, it was probably really hard. Like, because you had to basically just figure all that shit out on your own. Yeah, they weren't just giving away Casio keyboards. Yeah, you couldn't do it all on key. Yeah, Unless you were like, yeah. You I'm couldn't like, do it on a computer. It was, you had to go buy the analog synths, and then they were like, 
they were huge and they were expensive and they were very cumbersome and they weren't easy to use. Mm. So we're like, like, well, like Steve Winwood probably was doing that shit with traffic, but like that's about it. As far as like heavy synth, Emerson Lake and Palmer were very synth heavy, but. Yeah, we just jumped right into like Rush's discography, but like well, that's not fine. even there's just but just kind of there. I mean, we could push through I mean, it, but I then mean, after that there was sort of a, a rebirth after the synth era. The synth era got like, I mean, it was you know, it got over the top where there was Hold Your Fire, which I very melodic album, very pretty album. I really like it. Hold Your Fire, but but I know Getty or no, I uh, Alex was pissed because he basically wasn't even playing guitar; he was just soloing. Yeah, and. And so, like, yeah, never again. So they... The rhythm aspect of his playing was gone. It was all synths, and then he would just come in for a solo, and that's it. So they kind of, yeah, they met in the middle with Presto and Roll Your Bones. Or Roll the Bones, sorry. <laughs> roll your... Roll I'll, your... I'll roll, you, roll your bones. Well, sorry, yeah, Better Roll the out. Bones. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try me with a good time. Shack, relax. Which but... I think those two albums have a really nice sound to them. It's a good balance. I really like Roll the Bones a lot. But maybe that's just because uh, that was playing a lot when I was a little kid. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Presto's a little more... A couple songs that are really, like, jazz... They get weird. Riffy. Presto's a little weird. I it's, like it a lot. It's hailed... A, you, a, you ask a lot of Rush fans, Presto's low on the totem pole for, like... You, I bet... I bet... Seven out of ten Rush fans would not have Presto in their top 50% of Rush albums. I would. You would. I definitely would. I, I don't think I would. I, it's not my least favorite of the albums, but it's certainly... I think their most forgettable is probably Test for Echo. It's either that or Vapor Trails for me. Vapor Trails was like their comeback. I know in like Canada that was a big one. Well, I, I mean, they were all big ones in Canada. Mm-hmm. They're fucking... Canada. Vapor Trails is like... <laughs> there just aren't a lot of like really... There's nothing memorable heavy, like heavily played ones that like sound really good that like late 90s early 2000s era rush counterparts was probably their best 90s one counterparts is heavy yeah probably only outdone in heaviness by their last one clockwork angels which i like the concept album i bought the book i read the book that was like the companion to it that was really cool did neil write that he like helped with the story but it was some other author that he was friends with did it i can't remember the name but uh they had every, they had like, they said it in the epilogue of the book. There were like, one hundred song lyric references like hidden in the book. Oh. You had to go back and find them and stuff. But uh, so that was pretty cool. But I think the mixing of that. We had a cat. There's a cat walking by the mic. Um. I think it's fine though. <laughs> I felt like the mixing on that one was really not very good for Getty's vocals. I remember most of those album, most of those songs on that album, I had to go and look and read what the lyrics were because I couldn't. Cat removal successful. Yeah. <laughs> All right, keep going. <laughs> like, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do yeah. it. <laughs> most of the lyrics, I just couldn't hear what Getty was saying. Like it was like, well, I mean, marble mouthed a little bit. Yeah, the are you still trying to wail, and he's like a hundred years old, and you know they they did the best they could with, I mean. I think the musicianship, it's like, you can't tell. It's like, oh, yeah, all these guys are, like, 65, and mm. they're still, mm-hmm. like, Getty's wailing. They're all wailing mm-hmm. on their instruments like it's, you know, like nobody's business. So that that part of it never got away from them. They always made sure that that was, they were always tip-top on that. But, yeah. I mean, you, when you wail your whole life, they, yeah! Ah, yeah! And like that sort of shit. Eventually, it's going to take its toll on your yeah. voice and mm-hmm. your tiny little... 
Nebishi Jew body is eventually going to give out, or at least like you're... Five foot nothing. Yeah. <laughs> He's the last one that hasn't given out. Life's in his ears. Oh, yeah. He'll yeah. his brain. Yeah. Well, Getty's still those, going strong enough. He's got those Holocaust survivor genes. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure his dad is a Holocaust survivor. I think that's what it... Mom and dad. Is so. But, uh, I don't know, like, we can get a little bit more personal, I guess. We just talked about Rush in general. Um, yeah. I just talk about like Jake. You've been kind of like when do you have a memory of like I got away. I was talking this way. I need to talk this way. Do you have a memory of uh, maybe not a first memory, but like maybe just a roundabout time of like oh yeah, Rush is cool. And so, well, most of my musical ex- you know listening styles have not been based on what I was raised on. I was raised on disco. That's all my dad listened to, which isn't terrible. Yeah, I don't like it. It has its, <laughs> it has its purpose. It has its That's purpose. That's all he listened to, really. So I didn't have, like, the classic rock or anything like that. So really, I got introduced to Rush when I first started hanging out with you guys back in high school. You know, sitting in the band, going to lunch, and be like, who's, who's going on here? Rush is variety. <laughs> yeah. So, we got a I cat mean, on the table again. Cat I'm removal. Good. Keep so going, Jake. That's pretty much where I was introduced to Rush, and, you know, just every other day going to a Taco Bell on lunch and... Having working man playing or yeah, you know, listening to the subdivisions, going to the grocery store. So we kind of so we're responsible. It's your fault. Okay, well, good. Uh, I guess uh, pretty good beer. What song do you have? A, like I don't know. Typically, at least the way I think, there's a there's kind of a song that makes you like kind of you know like clicks and it's a hook. It's like I'm gonna look into these guys a little bit more. Is there a song like that for you? Or did you just no, go like, there, no, for Rush? For me, there is... wasn't really a specific song. I think it was just, I mean, it, it probably was Working Man, just because, like, any time Cal drove. Yeah. That's that's the first song he would play. Yeah. Working Man is the shit. It's, I mean. It's a good, straight-up, awesome rock song. Yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, I don't really listen to Working Man as much on my own, but I just kind of bounce between albums just to hear those stories and. First album's a great album. Mm-hmm. Still, all of those songs are bangers, save like, I don't know, maybe In the, in the Mood. In the Mood's not that great. Like, uh, like, there's a couple of them that it's like, but they're all great rock anthems. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like, a lot of them are really catchy, or if they're not catchy, it's more like you're just wanting to listen to the sweetest, what's going on. The sweetest way to that I've ever seen, like, and speak to the reggae influence, like, I, we didn't get a chance to see it, but they had a thing, you can look it up on YouTube and stuff, find, like, shitty recordings of oh, it, the, but yeah, the reggae they'll just, they'll, they'll throw a reggae break in the middle of Working Man, and it's awesome. It's like, it sounds like, it's just a completely different song, and it's awesome. It's like, but it's, Working Man is that kind of song, it's just a, it's pretty stock, it's pretty, like, mm-hmm. you can just do whatever you want with it, and you could turn that into any kind of song. Yeah, they just yeah. bought that part off the shelf, and they yeah. put some twang in it. Or... That's like their, that was their closer for a long time, just because it was, I know, it was kind of easy on Neil. Mm-hmm. Like, after a night of drumming his heart out, he could just take it easy on a nice mm-hmm. little 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. And it's... Well, have you ever <clears throat> just, like, seen pictures of his drum set? I know we saw him live, and we saw yeah. it, but if you just, like, well, look it's, at, it's... like, the above photo of it it's just like how, how did he get even his get drum set drum and his set. drum solos are they're always legendary it's always yeah. like the you see like all recorded renditions of his solo it's like he starts on just like 
he starts on the acoustic kit or whatever, and then midway through, they even play like a noise where the kit moves around mm-hmm. him. It starts spinning. Yeah, and he, and he just keeps. The, yeah, he just keeps playing. Their kit spinning. Yeah, he's, still, he's just playing on it as it goes by. Yeah, he starts playing like the electronic kit, or starts playing like bells Man, off to the side. I'm pretty sure you need a PhD just to set that thing up. So fucking. Uh, <laughs> a story. So I remember, back at you rock. I was in. I, I was taking summer classes to. To finish up uh, my associates, and I took a rock history class. I was in it with our buddy Brandon, so he can confirm this. So we had, I mean, we learned about the roots of rock, you know, with 12-bar blues and all the bluesmen, and then moved on and on to how it evolved. And we had... Bluesmen. We had a guest speaker, like, near the end. He was, like, a friend of a lady that worked at the school, and he was... He, was, he had been in, like, this... It seemed like basically a police knockoff band in the 80s that almost got big but then didn't because they weren't good enough. Uh, his name was Peter Parker Minucci. <laughs> if you're hearing this, Peter Parker, I'm telling this story. And you ain't Spider-Man. He's the Italian you're Spider-Man. Like, and so he came in to talk and basically he, he was telling all these rock and roll stories, which he told one about because he toured, he was like the touring drummer for Iggy Pop for a while and like told a story like very... Uh, like, memorably, like, laughing about it, how Iggy Pop, like, basically just raped a chick. And he's like, oh, and then we're like, oh. Oh, that's Iggy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and me and Brandon are like, so he, so he raped a woman? So Iggy Pop's a rapist. Cool. Um, All right, awesome. But anyway, he the first thing he said talking about music is he went in and he talked, he's like, he's like, Neil, he called him Neil Pert, not Neil Peart. He's like, Neil Pert is the most overrated He's a, yeah, he's a garbage drummer. Blah blah blah. Anyone with a with a thousand piece drum set, and, and I'm thinking like, really? He only has four appendages still, though. You know. Yeah. And if the if if the logic is that if, he, and he if, was like, he's like John Bonham, uh, Charlie Watts, and Ringo Starr, and I was like, I was like, okay, they're all good drummers, but it's like you, you can't just discredit. I don't know if he like Neil fucked his old wife or something. And, like, just <laughs> like was on a Neil cucked him. Yeah. <laughs> like he said here, Peter Parker Minucci is fine with rape, not fine with Neil Peart. <laughs> so yeah, fuck you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you guys talking about that. Like, it was big news to bring out to me. Can you, can you believe this asshole? Like, yeah. he thinks that, like, just because you got a bunch of drums, like, that makes you a good drummer. It's like, no, you still gotta be good. Mm-hmm. You can't just, like, but... but that, I think John like, Ramsdell was in that class, too. He might remember that, too. I might bring it up later, because I'm going to be I think he was in Rock History later. with us, I want to say. Bring it up. Um, but yeah, so we got Jake's first exposure to Rush. Do you uh, do you remember your expo- first exposure to Rush at all? Um, so, yeah, um, I remember my mom had, like, the greatest hits, and she always liked the, uh, the song The Trees, of course. Oh, well, of course she did. Tree Lady, Loving the Trees. And so those who aren't aware, Justin's mom is, she's a tree hugger would be like an understatement. He's a retired forester. She's a forester. Worked like, for the Department of Natural Resources for years. So trees are just your thing, man. Yeah, we should so, do, I can do a uh, kind of my thing with her about trees probably. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember hearing that song a lot and that was the Rush song I knew. I didn't there really. There is unrest in the forest. So the other ones just kind of came later, like the more I just listened to rock radio. I was like, okay, this one, this one. I was like free will a lot. Um, but Do you remember when? Uh, it was just kind of always there. Like seventh, eighth grade. In the background. Maybe. 
when I start, when you kind of start realizing, it's like, oh, I discovered Led Zeppelin in eighth grade or whatever. It's like, I'm so woke and shit. Um, I kind of went through that phase in my life around then when I, you know, realized there's all this old music that's great and I don't have to listen to whatever's on fucking Z104. Um, so it was around that time Rush was one of those bands that I started listening to. And of course, since it was in heavier rotation um, around high school, and at that point I was like using all my paper out money just buying CDs left and right. So I. CDs, folks, were. It's an audio medium. It's disappearing rapidly, but it's probably the last piece of physical media that will ever be. <laughs> like, I'm an apologist for CDs, though. Like, they're. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, I think they're great. It's the best audio quality you can get. I mean, or at least to the people can say that oh well, vinyl's better. It's like, but to the the you know the human ear, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to detect it. So yeah, um, but so anyway, yeah. So I started buying those up, and I think it was probably around it was around when Snakes and Arrows came out. So oh, six oh seven. I think it's oh six around there. Mm-hmm. Um, that. I had really started listening to more of the... At that time, I was really listening to Roll the Bones and Presto a lot, I remember. So, I mean, like I said, those two... Every song on there, like, lyrically, musically, it was just very pleasing to the ear to me. I, I felt like that sound was... At that point in time, I felt like that was the perfect Rush sound. And so, like, those two albums, would, if I had to pick a top five, they'd both be in there. Presto and Roll the Bones? Yep. Along with probably number one would be Hemispheres, followed by Caress of Steel, and then probably Permanent Waves, and then those two. So like I, the the only one I really don't listen to much, yeah, is like Vapor Trails. I don't listen to that much, and Test for Echoes pretty, probably the most forgettable. But yeah, for we can, we'll get into top fives or top this, top that. Um, but just to round it out with the people that are here. Um, I get my exposure to Rush was is before I could remember. My dad and all his friends were gigantic Rush fans. They were and, nerds. Yeah, I mean, they were closet nerds. You know, like I'm, they made I'm, fun of the nerds that listened to Rush. They yeah. bought, but then they listened to them. They were like nerds that hit the weight room, but then once they were done hitting the members weight room, only jackets. Members only, and they go, then they go hit. You know, after they're done hitting the weight room, go get some beers, and then like. uh Maybe you want to do. You want to listen to some Rush. Let's listen to some Rush and play D and D. But they would also they would be the guys also calling other guys faggots for doing it. Then we we'll go do it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so, how I imagine. Uh, Rush was always in my house. Um, I remember. Um, Justin just got up and went to the bathroom mid mid show, so that's fine. But. Uh, yeah, so it was always around in my house, so it's before I could even remember, I, I don't have a, a really distinct memory of like, oh yeah, Rush is definitely a thing I need to get into, or I, like I know, like where you understand like, yeah, this is something I'm going to pursue further. Mm-hmm. The th- The time I remember it happening, I remember, and if Justin was out here, he could speak to this a little bit because he also went well, there. He's, yeah. he's pooping right now. Are you for real? You're open. shitting? No. Oh. I'm pissing. Oh. I sit down when I pee. It's more comfortable. I hope this is getting picked up. I think like... <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah, we did karate. That was like when I realized 
Um, there's the we went we did karate when we were younger. And oh by, by shit! Karate, I totally we, forgot. Yes, we did. We, we did. Uh, and it was you know it was ballet for guys. It's really. ballet for boys. We had, we had forms where yeah. you would do the same. Where the only time that doing these moves in succession would be like if ever, it would it reminded me of like it was choreographed fight moves yeah. like you learn basics that were important like how to punch and how to you know throw Get out of know. a couple holds yeah you learn some of that stuff but for the majority of it it was basically you know throwing together a, a, a flourishy technique where you hope ninjas based. would come at you at the right sequence yeah to take them all out and yeah. a lot of times they were done to music and the the head like i don't know if you if you call him a sensei or some shit but his his name was um mr g steve godfrio i don't know he's, if we want his name on there i no, might I have to edit that out now <laughs> like he's, that kind of a name. little charles manson looking dude with like kind of yeah with hell with or not halitosis but what's the shit that you get on your fucking feet just really bad foot fungus yeah. like yeah. just like, super bad to where his toenails were like falling off actively like oh, it was really God. bad who is this guy he was he was the karate guy and he, uh, so he just wanted to go somewhere with stinky, dirty-looking feet and like just having. He plays. He plays all over town. He's he's very into guitar. Yeah, he was into music back then too. And the, like, I had Rush around, but then I remember um, before I was even at this level, you know, uh, for some of the more advanced level um, karate guys in his stable. There, he had a. Uh, there was a form that you had to do. It was called the Will to Succeed. And that was the... There were other ones, like one was called Genesis, one was called, like, The Journey was the first one you yeah. learned, which was, like, three moves, like, jump front kick, punch kick, yeah. and then, like, hit palm heel well, or there something. There were parts of the journey. Like, that was the first part of the journey. And then yeah. there was, like, more... And then there was, like, Blue Freedom. Blue Freedom, yeah. Yeah, Blue Freedom. And then the Will to Succeed was the last one. And you learned it in parts as you went up in the belts. Did you and, ever like, get to black? No, I never. I, I, I got quit. the brown. I yeah, I got the brown as well. It was right before black, and you just and I got to the point where it was just like ah, I, I'm not. I was done. I, yeah. I was I was done with karate. I was like 10, 11 at the Power time. Power Rangers wasn't cool anymore. Yeah, you're like ah, yeah. you know, I I had my fill. I don't really care anymore. But I remember going in and like, cause you'd have obviously like scheduled times to go in and do your different thing. Classes, yeah. Different classes. So like, I remember being like a yellow belt or some shit when I was, you know, at this point I'm probably like six or seven years old. Yellow belt was the second belt you could get. So I'd only been red. doing it for maybe a. No, like, it was third. Yellow. White or no? Yeah, white, gold, orange, green, blue, purple. Yeah, and then purple stripe, blue, blue stripe, red, red stripe. Yeah. That's right. And brown, brown stripe, black. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I remember like being like, probably a gold belt or a yellow belt or whatever, orange or something like that. And the class before the one I was attending, I got there early because I was a good little karate student. And I was watching their class, and it was for the advanced kids, the brown belt kids, where they're doing the will to succeed. And when you were the brown belt, red belt, you did the will to succeed, no music. Uh, brown belt kids got to do it with music and the music was an edited version of Rush's subdivisions and it was like all of the hits were like timed to like the, the music and it was like it's it was pretty fucking cool it's pretty sweet there was yeah. like that that da, 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 da. there's like that shit where you go down the line doing yeah. the kicks or whatever yeah. like and it was just like it was so sweet I thought the song was so cool I had never heard that because my dad didn't own Signals. I think my dad had Rollbones, Counterparts, Chronicles. 
which had subdivisions on it, but I never listened to that. You probably one. didn't play that disc. I I heard Roll the Bones and Counterparts a lot, um, and but um, Chronicles is like a, a two disc best of that came out in the early nineties. Um, but um, yeah, I remember hearing that, and I like I remember asking my dad um, what it was, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's Rush." And I was like, "Well, I want like, do you have that?" And then he was like, "No, I don't have that one, but your uncle Scott does." And then I was I made my dad take me over to my uncle Scott's house, who was just out of jail. <laughs> Corey's dad. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I asked him if I could borrow signals, and I had that. That album, the signals, the album cover, it's a sweet album cover. It's like a Dalmatian, Dalmatian. sniffing a fire hydrant. Yeah. And it's got like this cool ass, like, brush script signals on it or mm-hmm. something like that. I, I always thought that album, like, it's like, oh, signals. He's smelling. He's other dogs. They're leaving. Ooh, that's fine. Right. Even as a little kid, I was like, oh, I get it. And, uh, but it was there that, like, yeah, Rush's subdivision. And then when I found out, I put the, put the CD in. My shitty little Magnavox boombox that I had. Fuck yeah! <laughs> like with the bass boost button. Um, Did it have? Was it new enough to have ESP, the electronic skip protection? Well, it was a boombox. I don't think it had that. Oh. It was it was designed to be stationary. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not supposed to be carrying them around like the brothers did back in the, you know, like. <laughs> you're using it wrong, then, dude. Um, Get those D batteries in that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember being really surprised that the version that I had liked listening to like kids practice karate to was not the real version it was longer it had solos and i was then i remember thinking that was awesome and then i also fell in love with new world man and analog kid analog kid i love yeah and uh move me move me yeah that's a that's another song that lyrically is like incredible like it's that's kind of about the i don't know kind of like the mun the mundanity of being human in this day and age or something like that yeah. in, in the developed world or something like that the trials and tribulations of of that sort of crap but mm-hmm. but um yeah that was my first sort of exposure to it and then I remember kind of I mean not having the funds but I remember then glomming on the Chronicles a lot realizing oh shit like and so I got the greatest hits of their two disc set greatest hits of their sort of stuff all the way through like whatever album that would have probably just before Roll the Bones or something like that um yeah probably whatever yeah they always every fucking band always just re-releases greatest hits you know every five what's years. Animate is on that's on Counterparts, Counterparts? When, is that one before or after Roll the Bones Counterparts was after Roll the Bones cause okay. that was that was after um I think it was... Yeah, that was right after Roll the Bones, like, 91 or 93, something like that. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it wasn't... That was the last uh, one before they took the break from... Or, no, I think Test for Echo was after that. Okay. And then Neil's wife and daughter both died, like... In, like, within a month or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, like, like really and quick. And he fucking rode his motorcycle for, like... A year. Yeah. Just, like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going off the grid, boys. See you later, guys. I'm just going to ride my fucking sweet-ass BMW motorcycle all across the United States and Canada for, like, 18 months or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that was, like, and once you start getting money, you get, you start buying Rush, you know, I started working at Little Caesars and shit like that in high school, and mm-hmm. then I, I started buying Rush albums, and then... Um, I always was about, so, 
and just in general with my taste in music, not necessarily specific kinds of songs, but I always like, uh, there's a lyric from a U2 song, and it's just the lyric is, um, the greatest song is the one you've never heard. And I've always, like, if I know a band is good and I know that they put together a song nicely, it's like, I just want to keep getting all their discography and just hearing mm-hmm. different styles and sounds. Like, get lost in so, it. Yeah, so, for example, I my favorite Rush song is probably Spirit of Radio, but I've heard that song so many fucking times. It's like, yeah. it doesn't, it has a lasting effect, but it doesn't, like, give me that immediate, like, satisfaction listening to, like, something I haven't heard as many times. It hasn't been, like, so ingrained yeah, in me. Oh, yeah, true. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like... There's nothing better than finding something that you didn't know was there before mm-hmm. and then realizing, like, oh, shit, I really like this. Like, you know? And that sense of dis- that, yeah, discovery. Yeah, variety thing, you know? Yeah. Where... Discovery is a bigger deal than actually enjoying it. So, you know, Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... Discovering it kind of gets to that, that hipster vibe where it's like, well... I like that before it was cool kind of thing, but not really. It's yeah. kind of that same satisfaction you get, though, where it's... Like, when you discover a new band... It's your own little secret kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, and, and it's like there's this whole new... Same thing as discovering, like, a movie or, like, a, a TV show, and you can just binge on it. It's that same kind of idea, and it's like, how did I not know about this? This is, like, changing me in the short term right now. Like, this is what I'm all about, you know? Yeah. And every, like... uh I haven't had that in a long time because I've just over-listened to a lot of the kind of style of music. Uh, but the one I had recently was like old Hall & Oates. Really fucking good, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, it's super smooth. And it's like I never, again, it's like I never heard that before. It's like this is cool. You yeah. Know, same thing. But the, pro- the thing with Rush is there's so many fucking albums that that, that era for me lasted several years. Oh, yeah. You know, it... Definitely longer than some of my other ones, where like getting into Buffett or getting into Megadeth or, or getting into, um, you know, Bob Dylan. Like Bob Dylan is different because all his shit sounds the same, kind of. But yeah. Um, but Rush was again since Rush is a variety, like that kept me entertained. Like if you wanted to go desert island, and you can only listen to one, the entirety of a discography of one artist, that might be the one to do because you have so much to choose from. I'd say either them or Genesis, like you were saying earlier, yeah. like they because the, yeah the amount of variety mm-hmm. in those because it, you yeah they were just long lasting. They were they just love what they did. You'd have a hard time getting bored. Mm-hmm. Yes, even if it was just if you were completely stranded with just that stuff. But we are encroaching on what is the about the halfway point. Um, this is where. The typically the guest of the show would pick a pick a song to have a break in the show, and I I we don't really Jake I guess is the guest. So do you want to pick? I guess this isn't your thing. This is kind of our it's thing. It's right everyone's now. thing. This yeah. is everyone's thing. But do you want to pick the song, or do you do, should we put it to a vote or something? Oh, I I'd say uh, I mean we have to do something off moving picture. That's my favorite album. There you go. Moving, something off moving pictures. I mean, YYZ is a fantastic just solo, but... <laughs> it's YYZ. That's the way they say it up in Canada. That's oh. I've seen that. Do you know that that riff I'm, I'm is sorry uh, that Morse code that up. for YYZ? Yeah, the tings. Ding, 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 da, ding, ding, <laughs> ding, Yeah, it's ding, Morse da. code. Yeah. There's, that's the level of nerdy they got into it. So how about YYZ then? Yeah. yeah. We just talked about, about it. Sure. So I mean. we'll make it YYZ, and then after we hear that, uh, we'll come back and we'll talk... A little bit more about Rush.
talking about rush just having a, having a good time i am i could i could talk about rush forever so we i'm gonna say we we had the privilege of seeing rush we saw him once yeah we saw him yeah. back in 2010 was it they were doing Sound, the yeah summer fest time summer. machine tour which was the moving pictures in its entirety yep yep which was the first time i think in years that they had played there were a few like that they had they just don't do like witch hunt. They rarely ever do. Same Vital with, signs mm-hmm. and uh, camera eye too. Camera eye, yeah. Just a good one. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, that whole album is just front to back, awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. the other ones they probably would have done anyway, so it, it's an easy. Well, full yeah, album the whole to do. first half of that album they Red play Marchetta, regardless. Yeah, Doesn't Tom matter. Sawyer, <laughs> like, <laughs> limelight. Um, so yeah, that. In YYZ too, yeah. So those four. And they played a couple like before. I think we got a brought up to believe, or what? Yeah, B U Two B. Yeah, we got like we before that, that album. Yeah, yeah, they played those before the album of the Clockwork Angels had come out. So we got like sneak peeks at those at that show. I remember mm-hmm. they did. I was and I was kind of jealous because I know Cal, our buddy Cal, went with Sarah like a year later. They came back and we didn't go, and I wish we did because they did like a good. 
two thirds of the set was all just synth stuff. Like synth they, Rush. They played like they played like Mar or they played Marathon for us, I think. Yeah, they played. But Marathon. they did like fucking territories, uh, Mystic Rhythms, uh, Mystic Rhythms, Big great. Money, and like all these other ones from Power Windows. I think they did like two from Hold Your Fire. Um, they're just totally out there, which. I also like Every time when, you say hold your fire, I just want to go, hold your fire. I just, that's, all <laughs> I <ever> want, <laughs> that's all I ever want to do. Like, um, but, uh, but yes, but they, then like a big chunk of the set, they just did all the moving pictures, which was really cool. I remember, uh, I remember there were fireworks going off during vital signs. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. There was because yeah, it was <laughs> what we Fourth saw. Fourth of July. Uh, it wasn't the Fourth of July. I think it was the but third. It was like that, the, yeah. I think were, it was the third. We were saw. like testing out the big ones. And Somebody was doing. No, it was probably just because. Remember, Getty, Getty said like we don't need fireworks, and they had pyro going off. Mm. They had pyro and lasers and all yeah. sorts of shit going on. And that's but yeah, they started doing vital signs at the beginning of the. And there was like strobes going fucking nuts during that song and shit. Yeah. God, that was cool. That was that when that was. I remember talking about pork duds all day because it was. You could I, tell who was there to yeah, say. Something, Rush. something to say about Rush fans is it's yeah, it's a pretty fucking nerdy, balding man glasses. They're not thick rimmed glasses or anything. It's always like, uh, what what do they call when they don't have frames like frameless lenses or something and like no facial hair but we probably do well to have it to hide your double chin yeah and the ones that did have fanny packs galore rush shirt fanny pack cargo shorts they're always tucked every shirt was tucked in there yep hairy is all get out I mean, like, get out of here because your legs are hairy. Well, how could you see the hair? How could you see the hair with those high socks? Yeah, and then then crew socks pulled up midway to the calf, and then some sort of laceless shoe. Yep. Either Velcro or some kind of New Balance slip on something because a lot of strap on sandals. (laughs) This is your typical pork dud. That's what we call them. Dorky pud. A dorky pud pork dud is just a guy who just doesn't realize how douchey he looks in the in the name of convenience or like just again like, leather cell phone holster yeah just a nokia brick phone <laughs> like why would i get a new phone this one works just fine mm. like that's just like <laughs> um remember i was wearing my permanent wave shirt and as popular an album that was it was not a common shirt there I was, dude <laughs> i would imagine a rush show that's where you see the mo- most variety of shirts at a show yeah. you know like, yeah. we're seeing a lot of power windows shirts power windows is i think that's like one of the it's not the i should say hidden gem but that's like the and it's not even the hipster choice it's like the the true fans choice kind of yeah. like the and because it's a synth heavy album it only had like what what mystic rhythms was on Powerful, Mystic, Powerful? Big Money was the hit. Big, on oh, that yeah, one. Big Money. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, that, I mean, that's post moving pictures. Like, everybody knows everything off moving pictures. Not mm-hmm. everything, but. Um, so, Four I mean, let's. had a few hits, yeah. That was fun seeing him there. I'm glad we went and saw him. They had, like, interesting videos and shit that they played. Yeah, I remember it was like, uh, just in the background. They had a fake band called Rash. Yeah. Instead of Rush. <laughs> yeah, like, and, like, Getty came out wearing it. was the same, it was the same, like, font of the. First Rush album, album. Yeah. it just said Rash. Yeah, <laughs> and they were all like playing characters and shit. There was like it, that's no. one thing like Getty and Neil, especially or sorry Getty and Alex, like they were high school buddies. Like they known each other since they were teenagers. Like you can tell, 
Like, there's a lot of, like, love between those two dudes. And they like, still, like, live, like, a block away from each yeah, other. Yeah, like, it's, like, like that too. Their, their <laughs> friendship seems super, like, playful and just, like, super, like, sarcastic and just... Mm. Just best buds. Like, they would have... I feel like they probably, like, they're tenting up in their backyard and having, like, <laughs> yeah. camping sleepovers in their backyard <laughs> yeah. kind of shit. Like, come over and make a fort. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of related notes in the rash, though. I saw a tool on Halloween this year, and for their encore... I mean, Maynard didn't do shit oh. in the encore. He just sang. But, like, the everybody else, the other guys in the band, they just came out in costume because it was Halloween. Oh. <laughs> they were just like... <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> they had, like, an old... old I don't know how I feel about Maynard. I love Tool, but Maynard's kind of... They kind of... He's a weird fucking dude. It was cool he, in the he time moved, like, a speaker to the other side of the set oh, just so Jesus. he could sit on it. And well, then later I... on, he was like... Who moved that there? I saw him at Summerfest in the amphitheater a few years before we saw Rush, and he did not. He stood behind a curtain mm-hmm. with a light on him, so all you saw was his shadow. All silhouette. Night. Yeah, or his silhouette. Yeah. That's it. And it's like, oh, come on, fuckface. You're not that cool. Go make some wine in California and be on Joe Rogan's podcast again, you fucking asshole. <laughs> this is back in 2006 before anything that was like that was happening. But I will say the new last year's a perfect circuit circle album, Eat the Elephant. Is that fucking, was awesome. Is fucking amazing. Fucking great. Uh, yeah, I don't, but, know. I don't but know. But anyway, um, this is a rush show, not yeah. So not like, fucking Maynard's a douchebag show. So we, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember other ones they played. Like uh, as far as like yeah, sound. I thought Snakes and Arrows was a really good album in the sense that it was like totally different from anything they have ever done. Snakes and Arrows is cool. They, it's kind of like Alex did a lot of like acoustic. It's on it. It's like hemispheresy, permanent wavesy. But like, almost thirty years after the fact. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that's the impression I got. Kind of. It. It's like, it's still rooted in. It's not very synthy, but like, like you said, there's a lot of acoustic really stuff going on. Almost in completely it. gave up on synth after Roll the Bones. And I remember yeah. there's a, if you haven't seen it, there's a documentary, like a super, uh, uh, comprehensive one called Beyond the Lighted Stage. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, if you like Rush at all, really, really good. That's a really good documentary. And they period. got, you know, they talk about everything really, like from start to finish. And I remember Alex, the the taste in his mouth from from not being able to do a lot of guitar on the synth period stuff. Like once Counterparts came out, he's just like, yeah, never again. <laughs> he just said never again. I remember. And like, yeah. And and I mean, for the period, it was good. And and again. Why would you, unless you need it for something specific, like maybe if Rush was still making albums, they would have, they would, they would have tried fucking dubstep or some bullshit. <laughs> that's, the thing about, that's the thing about Prague, like, because I... Dubstep. Yeah, Rush. but like in the Prague community in general, like, um... Just try people, things. Yeah, they just, they try different shit, but sometimes, again, you have to respect it, but at the same time, you also have to question it, mm-hmm. because if you have something that's good, you just want to hear more of it, you know? At the same time, from an artistic standpoint, you don't want to do the same thing and rest on your laurels. Yeah. So, like... Well, for some bands, it's fine. ACDC puts out the same fucking song every, you know... Well, they yeah. don't, they don't a, put it a, out anymore, but they did for decades. Yeah. You know, so it's That's like, why it's like, yeah... And it's good, good. Yeah, a good example would be, like, fucking like Metallica, St. Anger. Yeah. It's like, they tried something different. They, they fucking openly admit that that was a piece of shit and yeah. it didn't work. And they're the first ones to admit it, and they're super, like... But they tried. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. super funny about it now. They, yeah. They're they willing to joke about it, which is great. And some of the songs are still yeah, okay. Yeah, it's okay, but it's like, yeah. it's like, 
how are you to know whether it was going to, you know, sink or swim? You had the power to do that. You had the freedom to do that. Yeah. Good for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, so, Rush, again, I think the 2112, them making a hit out of something that... Against all odds. Yeah. Conventional yeah. wisdom was... Like, it was no. all word of mouth. Like, guys yeah. like, this is the whole album, this one song, man. Zero radio play. And, just... and like, the fact that... The artwork... Just the star man. Yeah, like, that's just cool. Yeah, like it's still cool. It's still it's one of the most iconic album yeah. covers you've ever. They have a seen. lot of cool album covers. Like, uh, I love Power Windows with that weird guy with the fucking Dolph Lundgren haircut. Where, where, yeah, like his home window is supposed to be because he's got like a switch next to his home window. Um, yeah. What? Yeah, you said signals. That's a good one. I was like hemispheres. The mm. two guys on the brain. Dionysus and what is it up? Apollo. Is it Apollo? Yeah, it's just like on the two different halves of the brain. Like, yeah. That's a cool. That's a probably my favorite one. Um, even Fly by Night is just, just classic. A big blue owl. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, classic is the big pink rush on the white background. Yeah. I just I don't know. Maybe it's because Neil's not playing on it. I just I don't have the same kind of memorable. Those are the sorts of logos you see though. You see oh, yeah. like you yeah. see that font Rush and you then see like Rush Starman. Yeah, those are if you go to like JC Penny and buy a rock shirt yeah. there for that that that's what you get. Permanent like, Waves is like some chick and then like a destroyed city behind her with like a river or something. Yeah, you know, like was, I can't remember. I've like never a, I've never looked very closely. I just know the chick is in the It's front, in black and white and it's kind of it's like a grainy photo. It's kind of I I don't know. I think my favorite might be Signals. Just maybe that's just because it was the first Signals one where I was I like, they refer signals get crossed in... Vital signs. It's like, painting. And the balance distorted. Yeah. Um, um, but let's, but let's do our let's fives Let's do some then. top fives yeah. then. Since you're, since you're saying it, why don't you go first. Oh, we'll, go, we'll do album and songs. Okay, so album. Start at five. And work start at out. five. Yeah. Five, I would go roll the bones. Four. Um... Probably permanent waves. Three would be Presto. Two caress of steel and one hemispheres. Be my five. What are you, Jake? I'm not really gonna put them in any sort of order, just because like they're diff- they're all gonna be different styles. That's so really what you want to hear for the day. Okay, fair. I mean, I mean, I, I love Free Will. That's a great one. Well, that's a song. We're doing album. Oh, album. Oh, I wasn't. You can do songs. Around. I, I mean, albums are not really that. Not boned up enough? Yeah, I'm not boned up enough to do albums. I well, then do songs. songs but, so That's I'll fine. just do songs. That's cool. Uh, so Free Will, love Free that song. The cool thing about Free Will, and I've always loved it, the solo break in that song. All three are solo. All three of them are soloing at the same time. Freestyle! All three of those guys are just soloing their fucking cocks off. And it's still Making great. It sound. It's still great. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yes. keep just, going. Free just a positive song too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Spirit of the Radio. Yeah. Just money. That's definitely up there. I mean, well, then you would love because those both of those songs are off the Permanent Waves. Yeah, so probably so be up there. I have that. Album. You said Moving yeah. Pictures as well. Probably would be up there for you. Just a whole album. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, if I had to pick like one, maybe two songs off the album, Red Bar Shadow. That one's a, That's a gem. That's a yeah. hidden. Red I mean, Bar it's Shadow. got radio play, but like. 
whenever we played darts or we'd be out at the bar, that was always like, mm-hmm. I'm a, if I'm going to play a rush song, I'm playing Red Barchetto. Well, Every, everyone can get on board with it, and it's a super, like, pretty, it's it's not like, it's not like Limelight or Tom Sawyer. No, no. It's like, it's the, a tier below those two. Mm-hmm. But, but it's just yeah. like, you get, just get like a little wave of nostalgia right at the beginning there. It's mm-hmm. like, that is like had a summer place. And it's like, okay. That is an interesting way to put it. That song is like nostalgia mm-hmm. in song form. Like that, that weird, those harmonics in the beginning. That <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's like, that's a great tune. Yep. What else you got? Oh, he said three. I've gone three. I'm going to put the next two as the same song. They're not the same song, but they're solos. YYZ and La Via Strangiato. Oh, yeah. La so Via is fucking great. I mean, I, yeah. if you had to choose one, I'd probably just die. I remember back when I still had a Facebook, there was like that thing in like 2008 or nine or something like that. It was like song every day. You had the to 50 post song like a, challenge. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And I remember... One of them was like, post a song with your favorite lyrics, and I posted Olivia <laughs> Strangiato. And I remember you commented on it, you're like, I'm okay with this, uh, J- JPG yeah. or something like um, that. Like, <laughs> so if you're not, that's a little bit less of a well known one. If you want to hear probably the peak of Rush's musical prowess, would be that song, Livia Hemispheres. Strangiato. Yeah. Yeah. Strangiato in general, though. Yeah, well, they, that was the only song. They talk about it in the documentary. In uh, Beyond the Latest Stage, they said that like that's the song that broke them because they made a song too complex for them to record in one go. Yeah. <laughs> like they couldn't just play it and then like lay down the drum track and then lay down. They couldn't do that. They had to record it in segments because yeah. it was too hard. Yeah, they're like we eventually wrote something that was too difficult for <laughs> for us to play or something. Yeah. So then we had to get good enough to play it so that we could then yep. record it. I think that was Eddie <laughs> saying that. Yeah, yeah like. <laughs> so yeah, um, and after that, you could definitely tell that. There was a step down as far as like in ambition for the album. Yeah. The progressive elements were still there, but that was probably their last truly like just weird proggy ambitious let's album. Let's just do whatever like what let's just flex our musicianship dicks. And yeah. for me, I'll go for albums. Uh I told you to go five backwards. I gotta go backwards then. Um Five. Yeah, a list of them here for you. Well, I know them. Yeah. I need them. Five is probably. Well, shit. <laughs> I don't even want to go into particular. For sure, my favorite's Permanent Waves. Okay. For sure, my favorite's Permanent Waves, followed by Signals. Um. And then after that, it, it's just it gets a little like it gets a little messy there. Then then yeah, like Jake said, it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of put you on the. You're the it's, only one that put them in an order. Yeah. You probably have hemispheres in there. Somewhere. Hemispheres would probably be in there. Um, it would probably be hemispheres next, and then probably power windows, and then I still really like roll of bones a lot. Roll of bones is. I, I mean, that good. was yeah, like <laughs> that was what you were raised. In. Yeah, that was, it was that kind of shit. Wandering the face of the But like the old stuff, I mean, we didn't. None of us really cited any songs, of that, that old shit. My favorite song of all time forever, and it's not even close, is Spirit of Radio. Same. It's not even, it is... It is At least for Rush, it's my favorite song. I'm a sucker for songs that are about loving music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, More Than a Feeling, Spirit of Radio. Like, that, that stuff where it's like the, the, the lyrics are about loving music. Mm-hmm. Like, Bearing the Gift Beyond Price Almost Free. That's a great fucking line in a yeah. song. And it, makes, it just makes you sentimental. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Um, so that is 100% my favorite song of all time. Every time I listen to it, it gets, you know, like I said, it gets old. You've heard it a million times. 
but that's the song that I go back to and I go, oh yeah, this is why they're my favorite band. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, like, we, there's new, uh, the words of the prophets were written on the studio wall. Concert hall! That shit. Simon and Garfunkel, right? Yeah, and they do, like, there's tons of stuff you could, you know, you could, little parts of that song you could hone in on and be like, fuck, that was awesome. You know, like, you get into that shit, like, Getty was still wailing. Is something too where like maybe you don't listen to Rush forever? What's the first song that goes right to your mind as soon as like Rush song comes on the radio? What's the Fear first? Radio. It's either that or Tom Sawyer. Yeah, the Tom Sawyer is the yeah. Just, Tom Sawyer's it's got just that. like and you start falling down that rabbit hole all over again, and all of a sudden you've listened to their entire. Design. Tom Sawyer is the mega hit. Obviously, the mm-hmm. that's the it's, everybody. Well, they're simple. It's so simple. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, it's that cool synth opening too. It's mm. badass. Just that, that fucking, that that that's fucking sweet sounding. That mm-hmm. that opening is just it pulls you right in. It's mm-hmm. first song in the album, first like that. That shit is awesome. Fuck yeah. But for me, yeah, that Spirit Radio is number one all time forever. Um, so it's number one all time forever with Rush. Two, I really love Vital Signs. I like the reggae stuff with that. It's you know. It's not exactly a, uh, it's it's not a showstopper of a song, I guess, but I like that sort of police style, yes. reggae, sort of, that sort of stuff. Um, he just walked away. Yeah. <laughs> he just walked away. Like, He's going to go sit down. No, we're not recording here or anything. Um, I'm listening. Yeah it, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're listening. <laughs> um uh, after that, I really enjoy La Via Strangiato. Just that we used to crack up driving with that song playing. That mm-hmm. that break where there's the the break where the word Getty just shreds on the bass for like five seconds. That and we we used to just like listen to it. We used to just listen to it and laugh our fucking dicks off. Just that how like how he would just shred. It just for a quick second, just like, oh yeah, y'all didn't think that, that I could just... That any, any, yeah, so what, the bass is bigger than me. Yeah. I, mean, I can't <laughs> yeah, play so, like a fiddle. So what, this guitar is heavier than I am. I don't care. <laughs> um, that one, I had, I've, I've had a lot of fun listening to. Um, one of the first Rush songs I ever learned how to play on a bass, um, and I go back to it a lot, is Working Man. Um, and then to round it out, uh, the song Xanadu. Xanadu is fucking, I, I think, one of the more criminally underrated. Yeah, I think it's one of the more criminally underrated Rush songs. It's uh, That was a story they told in that movie where they, they were touring with Uriah Heep. Yeah. And fucking, uh, they like took a bunch of shit and just like wrote like, I've dined on Honeydew in their like fucking their, yeah. uh, their room. <laughs> They're making fun of how nerdy... That was a really nerdy album for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that Closer to the Heart, which... That that was like their biggest hit since, or up to that point. Closer to the Heart was gigantic. Mm-hmm. It was a good radio song, because it was like under five minutes. That's another one that's like, like... Not necessarily like Spirit of Radio for like love of music, but just like the love of just like... I don't know, it just makes you think about just... when I, I've never listened to that song and be like, I don't feel good about life right now, you know? The, yeah. the biggest... Thing that we could take as great of a drummer as Neil Peart was, Peart. Sorry, I said Peart. Yep. Um, yeah, I bet your story. 
Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, Pert, I'm uh, real sorry about that. Um, the the biggest thing about all that is that, or I I was I I shouldn't say not the biggest thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. The, his his largest contribution was the lyrics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even his how crazy his drumming was. I mean, you could Rush could have found a guy to be that drummer. There are a lot of great drummers. There are, on there right. are, there's a million great drummers out there. I would argue. But it's technically his, there. I mean, there are drummers that have surpassed him in skill. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Portnoy, even though he's like fucking 55. Or fifty between fifty and fifty five. Now he's still, you know, one of the great. I, I would say technically he's probably the only, he's the only other guy that Drummers World has retired for a Greatest Drummer Alive award. Yeah, Neil Neil they've retired. He can't win it anymore. And then Mike Portnoy is the only other guy that's done that. But they, I mean, there are guys out there now that are just killer. There's um, tons of technically sound drummers out there that could that could shred yeah, the way Gavin Neil Harrison did. But probably it was his attitude yeah. and the. The sort of the lyricism, the fact that he—it was the personality he brought to the band. I think. He, it was he was sort of the yin to Alex and Ged's yang, and then he also was a he was a, a nerdy book reading writer, mm-hmm. and so he, he could, was like, able to take. I feel like intelligence and, but not be a dick about it. No, he was able to, and again, it, it's interesting how because he's such an introvert. Holy crap. Houston's destroying it. There's football on so, in the yeah. background. Yeah, I just turned the... Uh... Houston's beating Kansas City at 21 nothing, and it's the first quarter. Holy shit. Mm. Anyway. Um, <laughs> on a related note. Yeah, there's just so much... I can't even put it to words. Like, just a lot of intellectual, emotional intelligence is a good way to put mm. it. It's relatable. Yes. It's not like... like he's seen... He was able, able to translate that. He's not doing math equations yeah. with his lyrics. Like, he's talking Getty about and, shit that we Getty all... Getty and feel. Alex, I feel like it'd be fun to have a beer with. But, like... Like, I feel like Neil would be, like, a guy that I would, like, want to be my dad. To, like, give me advice <laughs> on life and yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Well, he's he's incredibly relatable. That he mm-hmm. talks about... It's his... I guess more so... Some of his more... Um resonant lyrics just have to do with the human experience yes you know Good. stuff yes. like there's well, one just, song just like sitting by a campfire one you know, song Gally, that really Gally and alex are going to be a blast early on having some beers with having a great time but then when that fire is going down if you're just sitting there with neil you're gonna Neil's gonna a... talk about some real shit yeah <laughs> you're, you're just gonna get deep yeah there's one song that's resonated with me a lot especially more recently how these younger generations are like a lot more people are just really lost after they leave school and yeah, I mean, a lot more pe- drug-related deaths, suicides of just young people. There's a song on Presto called The Pass. I think it was a single. I think there was a video for it. But, like, uh, it just talks about, you know, proud swagger out of the schoolyard, waiting for the world's applause, rebel without a conscience, martyr without a cause. Um, but it, there's a line in there, all of us get lost in the darkness, dreamers learn to steer by the stars. All of us do time in the gutter. Dreamers turn to look at the cars. Hmm. But like, and it, it talks about the end. Like it, it's kind of a suicide song, but like it just, I feel like it resonates a lot with, or it would resonate with kids these days where it's like, we're, just we're told all of this shit is kid. Oh, damn. We're told a lot of shit is kids where it's like, oh yeah, this is going to be like this and this. And it's like the world's not the same as it was when those, you know, those guys were growing up. It's not, you know, suburbia. Everyone yeah. has a job at the factory. 
and and people are you know totally lost about you know what they want to do with their life what what's the meaning of everything because there's so much cynicism in the world now mm. um well there's just so much going on and so much you can miss yeah so that that song always really spoke to me lyrically um and then the other one we talked about it earlier i mean we keep going i don't want to do the only other the other one that really i loved a lot um was a song on snakes and arrows called it's called armor and sword and um Uh, it just talks about religion a lot. Talks about you know, Towards what should end, have been your armor becomes you know a sharp and burning sword. Yeah, and uh, no one gets to their heaven without a fight. Kind of. Yeah, you know, that's it, what it, I mean. it, it totally flips around. Like people should have religion as their solace and their 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 shield, but it becomes. He kind of got more into the religious stuff later. I feel like. Mm. Yeah, a little wasn't... bit. He was more fantastical. I mean, free wills in there. It's just a song about being agnostic, pretty much. And he's always been sort of. Yeah. He's always claimed agnosticism. Yeah. Is he's? It's just one of those. I don't know. It's one of those. uh, I'm not going to worry about it. It's not. Yeah. Why would I devote time and energy? If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Yeah. Which I th- is another great fucking. Line. I was gonna Holy cite shit. for for lyrics. I was gonna cite free will, and then to talk and piggybacking on your sort of like brought up to believe. You know, I was brought up to believe the universe has a plan. We're only human. It's not ours to understand. Mm-hmm. Like the just the idea that you know, it's like who gives until a shit? our final breath, the joy and pain that we, that we receive, receive must, must be, be what we deserve. I was brought up to believe. Yeah, yeah. like that was. That's a and again, it, and it talks about it's like faith is can be a great thing if things are down it's like you have to believe in yourself but at the same time it's like it can be very dangerous yeah you, you have to be realistic and rational and his lyrics could have been that sort of like deep that sort of kind of, or it could have been as simple as like I just wrote a book or I read Tom Sawyer and I wrote a song about it yeah you know like what it, would Tom it, Sawyer be like today yeah mm-hmm. just like the you know or something like you know, New Sub, World Man Subdivisions you know? another one you Subdivisions know? he always our, talked about how he felt you know super lonely and it's super relatable to the sort of the not i won't say outcast but the loner mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff is very relatable to the to the it's kid again, why there's so many nerds that love rush yeah it's you know? super relatable to to that sort of guy or girl um and yeah it 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 sort of span it, it it spans the sort of the entire spectrum. Some of it's real easy. Some of it's you know like Tom Sawyer. Like, well, yeah, what if Tom Sawyer was a guy today? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's what just if, like a conversation just having with friends. They are they're conversation yeah. pieces. Yeah, and then and, some I mean, of there's it another is, song, another one on Presto. Another reason why I like it. There's a song. It's called Anagram. Oh yeah. And it's a, it's not true anagram, but it's like, they'd be like, there's a snake coming out of the darkness. Yeah. Parade in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> and the need for Eden, chasing dreams of merchandise. Like, he just, like, puts words in other words. Like, he's smart enough to make these sorts of connections. He was having fun. Yeah, he was. He was, just, he was having a little fun. It's just, it's a nerdy song. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> There's no safe seat at the feast. Take your best stab at the beast. Yeah. Um, like, it, like it, it's just, I don't know. Like, lyrically, I, I, I definitely feel like Neil was a true one-of-a-kind guy you know in the same in the same vein as like a guy like bob dylan who can write and i feel like for a while he might have got a bad rap some of that ayn rand crap 
They're you know, like, and he kind of he. I don't know if he ever did now. Unless you're unless you're a Rush fan, most critics really are very critical of yeah Neil's lyrics. Like they think it's either nerdy or just too out there or he's like hyper conservative. Yeah, Ayn Rand sort of but, like, but he's not like yeah. he just he read like what Atlas Shrugged or something like that and yeah. thought it was a cool book, and then decided. I mean that's a typical thought for most prog bands though like Queensryche is notorious for being like oh those lyrics suck Kansas is another one people are like oh those lyrics are stupid and but it's just it's just a different style like most like nerds love prog they just yeah. they, they want to turn music into math yeah. you know so <laughs> math rock yeah so it's not yeah it's not I feel like sometimes he got that or maybe at, at a, a certain point in time he might have gotten a, a bad rap about that but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, twenty one twelve is also kind of that whole yeah dystopian dystopian, but the it's it's another one of those songs. I'm or no, it, for, it was it was more of a yeah. This is a uh, utopia, but is it a utopia? There's is no it a? I've I've been told it's a utopia, mm-hmm. but I found a guitar and music has been outlawed, and oh, I, I dared to play a song. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Yes, we know. Yeah, it's like, it's the idea, yeah, the idea that maybe don't listen to everything you've ever been told and try and, you know, strike out and find your own way kind of yeah. crap. And it's and it's also piggybacking on the, you know, the whole thing with Tony, the love of music. Music yeah. helped that guy find his own way, and it, that maybe this isn't a utopia. I want music. Music yeah. would be my utopia. And that's you why, know? that's why a lot of pop artists, I mean, a lot of them, I feel like, we're just manufactured to be that way but like the music is it's one of the most primitive mediums i mean even you just get down to rhythm you get down to any sort of oh yeah any sort of form of music you can put together like it's just it speaks to speaks to us on a primitive level and oh yeah and the more layers and pieces you can put into that like that's what's great about rush is you have the lyrics you have the beat you have the melodies you have all these different instruments. Like there, there's so many pieces that you can go to over and over and just appreciate on another level. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the more of that you have in a song, the the more the more lasting it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so I, yeah, I just I, I love Rush. They're, yeah, I love Prague in general, but but Rush is just. I'm they're they're a whole separate like monster, you know. Mm-hmm. They're because going, they're accessible and people can. Right. Yeah, that's that's so weird that they. It's it's incredible what they were able to do as a prog band. They kind of mm-hmm. they transcended genre. They transcended sort of the idea like all of these sort of boxes that everybody wanted. Everybody else wanted to put them in. It just they they went the other way. They, you know, it's like oh, we're this crazy kimono wearing prog band, and then we put out twenty one twelve, and everybody fucking loves it. And against all odds, all music music critics in the world say this is a pretentious pile of garbage that nobody sh- in the right mind should like, but everybody does like it. Yeah. And you know, and then following releases, they you know, and then they make moving pictures, and it's this gigantic mega worldwide they're selling out arenas they're giant mm-hmm. you know their number mm-hmm. one selling album kind of crap like against all odds they, they never betrayed their themselves to become what they were they were just yeah. inc- they incredibly and even yeah. so i i've heard it said like when they were um when they were finally inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame which 
took way too long. Yeah, they. I mean, <laughs> like, what, they were Rock and Roll Hall of Yeah, they were. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is notoriously critical of Prague. Shitty against Prague, yeah. And, and metal. Yeah, Prague and metal are super. Which you could argue, Rush. Well, Rush is definitely Prague, and then at a certain point in their careers, then you could have said like maybe they were metal. You can. I mean, they influenced a lot of metal. Yeah. You know, um, but you could. I mean, the fans. Out of all the bands in the world that have ever... I, I would say they have some of the most rabid fan base of all time. Oh, hell yeah. You could... I, I always say it's like, it's Trekkies of the music world. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so... Guys that will go like, oh, Rush is playing in, in Amsterdam and I live in fucking Arkansas. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go all I'm there. Here. You know, I'm going to be there. And that's <laughs> vacation anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like we kind of... Moving Pictures was a massive hit. Like, don't get me wrong, but... You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing compared to, you know, Back in Black or Thriller or, oh, yeah. you know, like Slippery When Wet or anything like that from the 80s. Like, it was, I mean, it was multiple millions, but it wasn't, you know, tens of millions. Yeah. So, like, the the fact that these people are, you know, and, like, I'm in a Jimmy Buffett cover band. Like, Jimmy Buffett is, in, you know, similar way where it's, like, not a lot of huge hits, a couple big hits couple ones everyone knows but people go to these shows continuously because it just it becomes a part of your life it becomes your identity it's not like if you you become a parrot head you're a parrot head yeah you become a rush fan you're a fucking rush fan. that's like right it's like like, like i bought a harley davidson i have to buy all the harley davidson shit yeah my life is harley davidson now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so my name is harley last name davidson (laughs) so it it it's kind of in that ilk if you will rush fans are rabid it's a more tame rabbit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, like it's a it's a community. Like Definitely you're a family. A like if you find out someone's a Rush fan, it's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like you before. I found out you like Rush, though. So it's like let's. Remember when they were? It was probably about I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years ago now. I don't, but they were on the Colbert Report when that was on. When they remember when they were on that? Yes. And then I remember Colbert's joke was like he had the giant stool that he sat on so that he was above them mm-hmm. when he interviewed him or something like that. There was the joke. That he had about, uh, it's like, Rush, you guys are known, especially some of your older tunes, for being, they're, they're very long. Did you ever find yourself influencing yourself? Because the song was so long. Because the song was so long that at the end of the song, you were being influenced by the earlier you from when you wrote that part of the song or whatever. Like, And then <laughs> they, they did, like, they, I, I think they played Tom Sawyer, and then the next episode of the Colbert Report, they they did a, a filming of them. They're like in the middle of a jam and working man. And, Ru- and Colbert is like sleeping on his desk and he gets up and he's like, this is the Colbert Report. Like they were still playing. <laughs> so they, they actually like played it. Kept going like, a, like, like I said, they're funny. cool dudes. Like I know um, like in Canada, like like Alex Lifeson did like a whole piece on like why he loves Trailer Park Boys. Oh, he yeah. was in an episode of that, you know? They're regular dudes. Yeah. That's the thing about them too is that like, yeah, they're not, they never became shitty, pretentious assholes. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not, I mean... I feel like maybe Neil's attitude was mistaken for pretentiousness a lot, but he's just a shy. If you want to understand dude. why he's the way he is, just listen to Limelight and listen yeah. to the lyrics a little bit more closely than how nice it sounds, mm-hmm. because it's kind of a melancholy song. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics, the melody is so great. Being famous isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can pretend the stranger is and a long uh, like they were what uh, they they were in that movie. I love you, man. That was like a big yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Um, and. 
It's like they're around. Like they, they it's kind of had a resurgence a little bit, I feel like, where mm-hmm. people about ten it, years ago it turned into like, okay, it's cool to like Rush now. Well it's because all the nerds that were growing up that were into Rush when it wasn't cool to be into Rush started being the ones that were making stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden it's cool to be into Rush. Mm-hmm. And that kind of came and went and Rush is one of those bands that I guess through thick and thin will persist forever. I mean yeah. it's one of those uh, it's they have that staying power. They have yeah. that universal listenability. Even 50 years from now a song like 2112 will still be as good as it was in 1976 mm-hmm. or whenever it came, 70, yeah. was that 76? There was a speech in, again, Beyond the Lighted Stage, I can't, rec- if you if you want to learn about Rush, I can't recommend it enough, really good. But they, they go back, back over and over to fucking Billy Corgan, which, he's a whole nother piece of work, like fucking, <laughs> he, he's, he's a real piece of work. Well, he's like fucking, uh, like Infowars fucking kind of guy oh yeah i know he's a yeah like but um (laughs) but he talks about like he's like about how he's like you really look at you know the the in the stuff about the band you know their lasting efforts like i put he puts them on the same you know if you look at like the great bands of all time you know like the beatles the stones zeppelin he's like he's like rush has everything that they have plus yeah and and it's like I put them right up there with that, and everyone else should too. And he just, he he's a lot more wordy with it, but he makes good points and like it. There's something to be said about their longevity. Yeah, the, the things and the trials and the tribulations again, that they went through. Same three dudes too. Three dude. I mean, the, you had John uh, Rutsy. Yeah, Rutsy in the beginning. But I mean, he was gone. That they Rush would have been a a blip in the music world yeah. if had Rutsy stayed but from there from like '75 on, Fly by Night on. Same three dudes, fucking forever. Like they went through. Like they Neil had his fucking wife and his daughter die in like the same month or some mm-hmm. shit like that. And they had to. They went on hiatus for a few years or something, and came back with a vengeance. Put out a couple more albums and yeah. call mm-hmm. her quits. Just what four or five years ago at this point. It was. I think a little more than that. I think twenty fifteen. Oh, yeah, they were done. Yeah, right. yeah, so actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, Life then started going deaf. Yeah, and it was. He's getting arthritis too. He still does a lot of like studio stuff for people, like featuring Alex Lifeson on this album. I mean, like, they're uh, old as tits. Yeah. I mean, the only the, they're he sold those they had on. a long career. They started they they started in what the first album was 73, 74? I want to say seventy three. Either way, mid seventies. Yeah. So. That was back when like you released two albums a year. Yeah. It was so. back when making albums still made you money. Fucking mm-hmm. fifty years ago almost. So it's you know. Not everybody can be fucking Rolling Stones and play until they literally die on stage. So, yeah, and they went out on their own terms. Yeah, mm-hmm. they said, yeah. "All right, yeah, we're done. Fuck it." You know, we had nothing else. Yeah, to we say. we've put toured out, for so long. Yeah, they put out what almost what studio albums like sixteen of them or something Let's like that. See. Yeah, I'm counting on one, two, three. Rush. Oh, don't tell me. <laughs> Rush, Fly by Night, uh, Crest of Steel, Twenty One Twelve, Farewell to Kings. Hemispheres, Permanent Waves, Moving Pictures, Signals, Grace Under Pressure, that's 10, Power Windows, Hold Your Fire, Presto, yep, Presto, Roll the Bones, Counterparts, that's 15, Was that uh, your counterparts? Test for Echo, Test for Echo, 
Paper trails? Paper trails, yes. Um, snakes and arrows, and then... Uh, 19. No, and then uh, Clockwork Angels. Yeah, so you 19. Yeah, so 19. Is that yep. right? That, that is 19 right. studio 19 albums. Was I in the right order, too? Pretty much. And then countless fucking compilations and live albums. And mm-hmm. They had a lot of live shit. Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, I don't know. so much stuff. I didn't cry. Some great... I didn't cry when I was like, because I was just thinking about it. And I listened to some Rush when it, but I welled up for a hot minute. Like it was just one of those like, nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't oh. gonna cry about it. But it was, it's a sad thing. Yeah. That, well, yesterday I was, oh, I was telling Mara before you got here. Like yesterday I was just watching hockey all day, and it seemed like every other song that they would play when the puck would stop would be Rush. I mean, granted, most <laughs> it's a Canadian thing. Yeah, like, like yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the hockey world is just d- devastated by Neil Peart being dead. But, um, but uh, yeah, we got to be closing in on uh, sort of. Yeah, we're 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 coming. We're getting close to the the end of this this fucker. So I guess uh, any final words is. It, I guess if you're some fucker out there that doesn't think Rush is as great as they are, fuck you. <laughs> They're right you up there. Fuck yourself. They're right up there <laughs> okay. with every other great band of all time. And they have a real cool story and they have a lot of really thoughtful music that's very, very mm. well made. And so if you if you don't know a lot about Rush, go buy a fucking greatest hits, you piece of shit. Pick or a Chronicles. Listen, listen to a Rush playlist on Spotify. If they're still making Chronicles, get it. Mm. Chronicles is the or shit. Or they did the other one, Spirit of the Radio Grace hit compilation. Yeah. That was a one disc, but it was still good. I mean, that's all you need to get into it, though. But, so, uh, Jake, you got anything to say? You know, sad thing, but live your life how you want to do it and listen to Rush. That's, that's how you should live. Like, yeah, listen, listen to Rush. That's our. Listen to fucking Rush, man. Be a fucking asshole. Listen to Rush. Fucking idiot and listen to fucking Rush. And I guess my sign off from Mario walked away again. Gotta go sit down, pee again. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Um, I got an email. I put it out there. Kind of my pod at gmail.com. If you're listening to this and you decide you want to get in contact with the show, um, go ahead and use that. That's our way to get out. If If you got some something to say to us regarding any of the shows that'll pop up on this feed, go ahead and do that there. If you have something that's your thing, email us. Maybe we'll put you on the show. If you couldn't hear that, that's Mario yelling from his bathroom. Because yelling from the bathroom is kind of his thing. Yeah, like, uh, if, if you want to be on the show and you're... If we can make that happen, yeah, go ahead and email it. Um, uh, rate, review, do all that sort of shit. Subscribe, all that shit that uh, nobody takes the two seconds to do, but it helps big time to get the podcast more visible to other people. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you're if you're enjoying the content that we're putting out. If you do that, like it's like I always say on every single one of these shows, I'm gonna do this regardless of anybody. Oh, if anybody listens, Mario's um, come in, and I'm gonna do this regardless if anybody listens, even if it's just myself talking to myself. Um, but I love having good conversations with people that are passionate about certain stuff. Today it happened to be Rush. Tomorrow, who knows? Um, but um, that's about it. That's all I got. And the way I'm signing off from now on, I said it in the last show, is uh, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. <laughs>